You're listening to Inside Acting. To find out more and make a donation, visit InsideActingPodcast.com. Hello and welcome to episode 73 of Inside Acting. I'm Trevor Algott. I'm AJ Meyer. And on this podcast, we interview actors, directors, casting directors, agents, managers, writers, filmmakers, anybody involved in the entertainment industry, and we package them up into this podcast and stick it out there on the internet for free for anybody who wants to listen to it. Anybody and everybody. Yes, absolutely. And, uh, of course, we are just, as you know, two dudes with a podcast, which means we don't pretend to know everything. And we started this podcast because we're looking for the answers, not because we have them. So if you have any questions, comments, concerns, uh, predictions, reservations, relevations, euphoriums, Please get in touch with us. You can start at our website, InsideActingPodcast.com. Predictions. I'm really intrigued by that. I, it just came what to predictions me. do you have for inside acting? It, Share with us. It came to me. And euphoriums. That's just a new word altogether. Uh-huh. Made it up. <laughs> <laughs> so on today's episode, we have part two of our chat with uh, acting teacher, uh, actor, director, writer, filmmaker, producer. I mean, he does a little bit of everything, as mm-hmm. so many people on this podcast do. Anthony Meindl. And we actually got his uh, the pronunciation of his last yeah. name right this time. I, he didn't say a word about that. I know. He sent us like all these complimentary emails like, oh, it sounds great. You guys are awesome. Da, 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 da. And I was like, how come he didn't take us to task on his... On us, like, butchering yeah. his name. And By the then, way, guys, stop screwing up my name. Thanks. Yeah, exactly. You know, like, didn't say a word. Didn't say a word. Totally nice guy. Yeah. Uh, totally gracious. Um, and then it ended up being one of our listeners, um, yeah. Randy, yeah. who was like, by the way. <laughs> yeah. But it's uh, it's a great interview, as just as the first part was. So uh, make sure you guys stick around and listen to that. Hey everybody! Hello. Welcome to seventy-three, seventy-three episodes of this little thing we do. We're getting up there, man. It's just kind—I know we, we. I feel like we're starting to say this every episode, but if you were us, you'd probably say the same thing. It's—it's it's quite an accomplishment. We, if we do say so ourselves. <laughs> well, I mean, that's like—I mean, if an average episode is an hour long, that's seventy-three hours of content. Not to mention, it takes—I I, didn't—I did the math probably a year or two ago, but it takes between fifteen and twenty hours per episode that's true between the travel and the emails that have to go back and forth to coordinate everything and the editing and the time it takes to upload things it actually averages 15 to 20 hours a week per episode uh so so that's that's who knows how much of our lives we've sunk into this yeah on the modest side of things sunk sunk in a good way in a good way yeah Uh, on the modest side of things it's uh, around 1100 hours on the modest side of things wow multiply by 20 wow that's fifteen hundred. Cool. We hope yeah. you guys are getting something uh, useful out of it. Um, we know a lot of you are because a lot of you, a lot and of we you, are too. Yeah, you know, and a lot of you uh, email us, and we, we've even got some uh, donations uh, recently that we want to give uh, quick shout outs to Martin and Jasmine. Thank you, thank you, thank you very much uh, for keeping us going, as well as all our lovely patrons. We love you long time, and everybody else should too. Mm-hmm. Keep us going. Um, so thank you for that. 
and uh, for helping us uh, actually replace our mic stands. That's the next thing on the list. Yeah. Yeah. These things are, uh, have not been good to us. Well, I mean, they're, they're like the third pair that hasn't been good to us. We, <clears throat> we keep, uh, we keep trying to put a bandaid on this solution and, and buy the, uh, the cheap, uh, mic stands, but it's time to, it's time to bite the bullet yeah. and get the nice ones. So they can stop breaking on us. It's always fun when you show up to an interview and you're setting up the mic stand and it just snaps in two like yeah. it did <laughs> like it did the other day, <laughs> the other day. <clears throat> right uh, in front of your guests and they're yeah. like oh yeah cool amateur hour this is what yeah. I signed up for yeah. great yeah. fun times so uh, what's going on with you this awesome week dude? times um, I had a bunch of auditions actually it was really yeah, you amazing did. like just one after another after another and it was so funny because um I've talked to a lot of people. I talked to my agent. I talked to another one of my agents. I talked to my manager. I talked to other actors, and everybody's like, it's really slow right now. <clears throat> Not for ages. It's really slow right now, but apparently it'll pick up after the 4th of July, right? And then, so it was just a, a surprise. I had a commercial audition, a television audition, a theater audition, all in the span of like 48 hours. Yeah. So I was like, yes. Bring it on. Yeah. Bring it on. And you've got a a cool story about your uh, television audition, yeah? Oh, you're... Okay. I'm going to make you tell it. Okay. Um, This this goes to the heart of one of the things we talk about in the podcast so much. Yeah, creating relationships. I did a a, a reading. I'll try to be really laser with this. I did a reading um, uh, at a playwright that I've worked with, um, her house, um, a few weeks back. Um, And my manager and this playwright are are friends. And so my manager was like... um, Put, put me in touch with her and was like, you, you, you know, go do this. And I was like, okay. And, uh, yeah, basically what she said, but it was just like re- a reading. It was a small role and I mostly just read the, the stage directions, but it was fun. And I got to meet some really awesome people, some great actors. They were all great actors and, um, most of them working actors, um, people that you recognize from film and television and stuff. And I was like, wow, this is really cool. And one of the guys had seen, he recognized me and we figured out that he had seen gospel according to first squad. And loved it, loved like everything about it, and so started asking me questions about the Los Angeles Theater Ensemble, and we had a whole conversation about LA theater, and it was fantastic. So we really connected. And you know, walking out of this audition, it was a two-line co-star on um, that new show, Hollywood Heights. I think mm-hmm. it's like a nighttime soap type thing. And I'm walking out of the audition, <clears throat> and um, this guy. Um, that I met at the reading was walking up the stair. I was walking down the stairs. He was walking up and I saw him and he was like, Oh, Hey man, what's up? I was like, Oh, and I forgot his name. I was like, remind me your name is Brian. I was like, Oh, that's awesome. I'm AJ. You know, when we, you know, just shook hands and did a little bro hug action. <laughs> the bro hug. <laughs> the bro hug. Everybody knows what I'm talking about when I say bro hug. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, um, I was like, Oh, what are you auditioning for? And I totally forgot that this guy told me that he was a series regular on a show. I forgot the show and it was that show. So he was like, Oh, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a reg- I'm a series regular on the, on the show. And I was like, Oh, that's right. I was like, I'm sorry. And he was like, Oh, don't worry about it. And he's like, what were you doing? And I was like, Oh, I was auditioning for like this little two line something thug role. <clears throat> and he was like, Oh, cool. Uh, I said, yeah, he apparently stabs a character named Gus or something. He goes, that's my character. <laughs> so I'm, I'm talking to the guy who would play the role of the, the of the role that I was auditioning against. Like it was ridiculous, and I I was just like, oh my gosh! And he goes, that would be amazing if we got to work together. He's like, I really hope you get it. And I was like, oh, that's awesome. Thank you so much for like, 
and I'm about to walk away and he goes, actually, you know what? Forget that. I'm just going to go tell him to give it to you. <laughs> I was like, what? Excuse, excuse me? Excuse me? He goes, yeah, I'm just going to go tell him to give it to you. I'm, I'm like, uh, okay. He goes, seriously, if they liked you enough, he's like, I'm just going to go tell them to give it to you instead of somebody else. See you on set. Yeah, I'll see you on set and walked away. And I was just like, that is, I was like, thank you so much. Oh my gosh. Look, here's the thing. I haven't heard from production at all, or my manager rather. I haven't heard from my reps at all. Well, it was only two days ago. I don't know that I'm going to book it. Right. It doesn't matter. It really does not matter because now I know I have an ally on that show. If I ever have an audition for that show, I'm going to reach out to him just to let him know. Um, and like you said, it's really getting to the heart of what we always talk about, which is just creating relationships. Yeah. You never know. You never know. And that's a great example of, of one that obviously paid off, but also it's not like you asked him to do that. It's not like you had to do anything except be who you are. And he remembered that and that authenticity and that genuineness all came through. And so when yeah. he saw you, he's like, great dude. Like, let's make this happen. Yeah, you know? I'm going mean, to do what I can to help him out. That's, and that's that's so classic. You didn't have to do any of that kind of typical L.A. stuff that people hear about. You know, there's no there was no technique involved in anything you did there. It was just yeah. genuine human-to-human contact. Yeah, showing up. And I I think that that, yeah. that, that can't be <clears throat> underestimated. Yeah, yeah. And, um, yeah, I, uh, I, I don't... I don't know how to get a hold of him. I think maybe his... I think I might have his email, but I just want to send him like a, a, a thank you and just say like, you know, whether or not it happens, the fact that you were willing to, to do it is amazing to me, you know? And, um, yeah, it was just like a really, yeah, it was a really cool experience. That's so awesome. Really cool experience. I can't wait to hear how that pans out. And clearly if it's not now, it'll be later. You yeah. Know, something's going to happen. Yeah. Um, that's so great. That's so great. Yeah. Love it. What a great story, man. So yeah, you've really been story. busy. Yeah. And then, uh, I didn't book, um, this, uh, role that I was auditioning for this theater callback that I had for like one of the best reasons I've ever heard. <clears throat> I was auditioning to play like a wounded soldier, junkie veteran, uh, guy in a wheelchair, which I thought was hilarious. This isn't the Getty. Yes. Oh, it is. Yeah, yeah, okay. It's the Getty. Um, they're doing a modern adaptation of, uh, Helen. So <laughs> You said you, I'm sorry, did you say you were going to play a junkie guy in a wheelchair, a wounded war vet? Yeah. I was like, been, been there, done that, right? Yeah. Been there, done that with, with wounded. For years so, of yeah, your life. So, yeah, exactly. So I was like, I'm all over this. It was really funny because the feedback that I got back was um, that I was great. That I was super good. They thought they all loved me. They thought I did a great job. They also thought that I was too mature and put together for the character. Hmm. I thought, wow, that's such great feedback. And I thought it was hilarious. I actually told um, <clears throat> one of my buddies from um, from MITT this story. And they just started laughing because they totally got it. Because, you know, when you go through this training, like the way that you show up in your life is like completely different. And so I just think it's interesting that that's how I showed up to them. And also good feedback in thinking like, okay, the next time I go in, to play a junkie, to audition for a junkie, I get to remember like, okay, you typically in your life show up mature. So, you know, what can you commit to in this audition where you get to show up as bitter, as like detached, mm. as angry, as, you know, all of those things. Um, wow. You know what? It didn't even occur to me <clears throat> that you would take that feedback and 
apply it to future auditions. When you said that, they showed you that you showed up kind of too mature for the yeah. part, so to speak, too yeah. well put together. I thought, oh, that's cool because AJ's a really put together mature guy. And that was where my thinking ended. And then you said, well, now I know that that's how I appear to people. So when I go in for roles that are not like that, yeah. or they're a bit edgier, I know that I have to kind of work against this, so yeah. to speak. Yeah, totally. Wow, that's a little bit of a noodle bag for me, actually. Oh, there you go. So, yeah. why is it like the simplest things blow my mind? Does that mean <laughs> that I just? I don't know what that says about me. I would ask our listeners not to chime in on that either. <laughs> like Trevor, dear Trevor, you're a simpleton. <laughs> Here's why. Here's no why. one's been telling you, but. <laughs> Oh, God. I'd be so mad if we got that email. <laughs> Everybody send that email. Um, yeah, well, I mean, it can't... The thing is, is, it can't stop at... That's the feedback. And, oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I guess I just... I show up as mature. Like, no, I get to I get to play all the roles I audition for. Period. Um, in the audition room. Especially in the audition room. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, if I go in for somebody who's immature, junky, embittered, something like that, I, you know... I, um, now I know how I'm showing up. It's great. It's all feedback. I mean, and in this case, because of what's, what I'm so, sort of sourcing right now in my life, like I get to go to Australia. <laughs> oh, oh, well, is that, uh, is that set in stone now? I mean, have you got the tickets booked and <clears throat> I haven't gotten an itinerary or a confirmation, but, um, the producer and my manager are apparently talking. Offline. I'm not, I guess I'm just not privy to those emails, mm-hmm. but whatever. It's not my job. That's right, man. It's not my job Let to deal with go. that. Yeah. Not my job to deal with that. So, um, I'm pretty sure I get to go to Australia at the end of July. Love it. Where, where in Australia? Amazing. Um, it's called Noosa Heads, I think is how you pronounce it. It's N-O-O-S-A. Noosa Heads, Queensland. It's in the north, um, eastern corner of Australia. So complete opposite side of sydney i think because i think sydney's on the west coast of australia mm-hmm. if i'm uh remembering my geography correctly and if i'm not um don't send that email to the podcast please <laughs> um yeah um and it's gorgeous oh my god do a google <laughs> and here's your homework kids <clears throat> do a google image search for uh noosa heads noosa heads queensland australia it's where do they get that name i don't who knows they're a bunch of criminals. Uh, <laughs> it's true. It's, it's true. Folks. So gorgeous. So gorgeous. Oh my goodness. Well, we'll have to. Uh, you'll so. have to send some pictures when you go over. Oh, you know who I get to reach out to is Jasmine. <clears throat> uh, Jasmine, who donated to the podcast yes. that we mentioned ten minutes ago. Right on. Yes. Yes. Oh my gosh. I I don't know why I didn't think of this before. She's Australian. Really? She's, she's an Aussie. Yeah. Yeah, and we well, we, we no got idea. we got to connect like yeah, nice. It's pretty good, man. That's <laughs> pretty good. Yeah, I made fun of her because I was like, yeah, the, the 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 way you do an Australian accent is by making every vowel a triff thong. Like every single vowel that comes out of your mouth has to be like <laughs> like super long. Um, and it's totally true because no to them, like to us, it's just no, like a big O, no. To them, it's no. Like, right. no, it's like four different vowels. Yeah. Anyway. Well, it depends on what region you're from, but... but That's true, too. Yeah, I mean, if you're in the country, uh, it's a little bit more flat, I think. In the country. If you're in the country. Well, and the only reason I know that is because I, I studied the Australian dialect for a play I did in school, and I wanted to, like, nail it. I wanted to get it so oh, down yeah, really? that, I didn't, that... I didn't know this. Yeah, so, like, I went through all the tapes and workbooks, and I wanted to get it down so that people didn't know that I wasn't, all you know, from Australia. Right. Um. So I studied it a lot, and when I 
met somebody from Australia, I was like, oh, check this out. Ba-da-da-da, shrimp on the, you know, like I did my thing. <laughs> and they were like, cool. And I was like, so is that like authentic? And they're like, you just sound like a hillbilly. But yeah, that's, 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 that's what they sound like. And I was like, oh man. And then I realized that in the play, the character that I was studying came from the country. So like I was doing the redneck version of an Australian dialect. The redneck version of Australian dialect. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, dialects are regional. So, yeah, yeah. hey, good job on being specific. Sure, I, unbeknownst to me. <laughs> Attaboy. Attaboy. What the hell's going cool. on with you, man? I'm sick of talking about myself. I'm uh, I'm just nursing my toe, dude. We we didn't really talk about this you last have episode. To, okay, yeah, you definitely have to explain that because that sounds weird. Yeah, no, it it wasn't uh, it wasn't anything too terrible. I went surfing last weekend with my friend Jen. Um. And I've only been out once before with, with your girlfriend, Melissa. Yeah. And um, so I went out with Jen. And um, when I went with Melissa, I had a longer board. So I felt pretty confident. I was able to kind of get up on my first day. And Melissa was like, oh, my God. And I was like, yeah, cool. Because you know? you're a total Adonis and you were born in the water. And yeah. Anyway, go ahead. I'm sorry. What did you just say? I said you're a total Adonis and you were born in the water. I'm a total what? Adonis. And oh, okay. Yeah. It's a, it's a good thing. Me? Yeah. I'm sorry. I didn't hear it. Can Adonis. You <laughs> I just like hearing it. Uh, <laughs> um, so, so I went with with Jen, and I was like, "Cool, man." I had a short board, but I was like, "I'm going to pop up." So the first wave, I I go to pop up on. I hadn't practiced or really done anything to prep for it. So when I went to pop up, I jammed my toe on the side of the board, and it kind of hurt, but not a lot. So I was like, "Whatever, you know, it'll go away in a couple minutes, and I'll be fine." So I just surfed all day on it. And by the middle of the day, it started to really, really hurt. I got home that night, and it was just swollen up and all purple and red and disgusting. And I couldn't walk. I didn't know if it was broken. It was in so much pain. But uh, it's slowly getting better. It's a nice, lovely shade of green right now. But I can move it with with uh, relative comfort. So I'm doing that. And um, for, for our listeners in L.A., the next time you see Trev, just ask him how many toes he has left. <laughs> yeah, right. It's Seriously. green. Is it supposed to be smoking? <laughs> remember, that, remember that day we amputated your toe? <laughs> oh yeah, that was awesome because I thought it was just strained with a pair of scissors. <clears throat> what? Uh, um. So other than that, um, you know, like the next month or so of of my life is is gonna probably be pretty chill. There's not a lot of work at my thrival jobs coming up. Um. So I think I'm really gonna take this time to, um, finally, finally, finally do some music. You know, I've talked about it forever. I've always wanted to kind of put together some stuff, but I'm, I've set a deadline for myself. I'm, I'm going to make it public on the podcast, so y'all can keep go. me accountable here. Um, I, I've set a goal to record, write, record, and release uh, one song by August 1st. Nice. And man. I've got my engineer all picked out to have it professionally mixed. Uh, my friend Doug, who's been on the podcast, episode four, Doug Bressler, he's going to master it for me. Nice. So it's going to be like a professional thing. I'm going to record it on my own with this equipment that we have now. But um, I'm just going to finally do it, man. It's just been since high school I've wanted to have some music out there in the world. And that's not about making money. It's just about doing it. Yeah. Making it. So that's always been taking a backseat to my acting stuff. And I'm just frankly sick of it mm-hmm. so the best the best part about that from from what i hear is that you you committed to a, a time it's, it's important to have a deadline yep. otherwise it just uh <clears throat> just kind of drifts off into the future yep, yep. it's yeah. a buy win yeah it's a buy win a so. buy win oh by when by when by when yeah
We have an email from David that we just wanted to kind of really briefly touch on. Um, David wrote in to us a couple days ago and, uh, um, you know, said he really digs the podcast, had some nice things to say. And then he also said that he really liked the, uh, you know, quote unquote advice. I, I always hesitate to think of it as advice. I'd like to think of it more as, as just a response. Um, but whatever we said to Dr. McFrankensmurf or the guy whose name we had to like, yeah, like hide <coughs> makeup. Um, yep. and if, for those of you who maybe don't remember, this was the guy who, uh, worked with this kind of like name director, actor turned director, but the, the product that he had done that he got back from this shoot was really kind of subpar. It mm-hmm. wasn't even in HD and he just was kind of embarrassed by it yeah. and they wanted him back for another one the same team yeah. and he was like well the first one really kind of sucked so yeah. should i go back and do it again and i think our general consensus was work begets work and there might be some gentle ways to kind of suggest some things mm-hmm. to improve the final product on the second time around so um david wrote and he said uh he really dug that that response and that uh he said something similar happened to him that he was on a shot a shoot i should say that turned into uh quote, a bit of an unpress- unprofessional disaster. And uh, he said it was a new director who was kind of learning as he went, so he doesn't fault the director for, for learning. But uh, he said he met a contact on the shoot who liked him enough to, to book him on her next feature. And that was a professional SAG production. And so far, he said that's been the highlight of his career. So he was able to kind of parlay this, quote, unprofessional disaster into the highlight of his career. <clears throat> and again, it's the, it's the work begets work, begets work thing. And yeah. I, I thought it was... Worth mentioning on the on the podcast that this happened to one of our listeners, another one of our listeners, because it it just shows that you're you're out, you're out there playing the game, and as long as you're out there doing stuff, things are going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, so even if the stuff you're making is just kind of weak or whatever, like everybody's doing something in this town. Yeah, so, so you're going to rub elbows with the right people sooner rather than later. Yeah, and we were talking before the the we started recording. And I was telling Trevor that I, I I asked this question very recently of one of my uh, mentors, and <clears throat> they said that you really should say yes to everything unless, with basically two exceptions, the first one being, of course, if you morally disagree with it, and the second one being that if you feel like you've already mastered it. In other words... You know, if you're having a hard time deciding between two projects or you're having a hard time deciding if you should do something, um, you can, you know, you can ask yourself, have I done this already? Have I mastered this? Is this going to challenge me? Um, Is this going to push me outside of my comfort zone? It's also a good way to look at what you say no to, because if you say no, because it makes you uncomfortable or you think it's an unreasonable request or something like that, you, it, the, the reasons that you're wanting to say no to it may very well be the reasons you should absolutely say yes to it. Mm -hmm. You know, if it's making, if it makes you feel uncomfortable or it's pushing you outside of your comfort zone, that might be the exact moment that you get to say, yep, I'm doing that. You know, feel the fear and do it anyway. Yeah. Um, So I thought that was also good advice that sort of applied in, in, in this situation. Yeah. And that, that's really interesting because I think a lot of us have a temptation to get stuck into things that we feel comfortable with and that we're familiar with, Yeah, you know? So it's like after a while, you're going to want to start to, as we were talking about before we started recording, say no to the good so you can say yes to the great. Right. You know, in, in these conversations, 
I find that we haven't really looked at the decision making that an actor makes in their career in the way that we're looking at it right now. Does that make sense? Like we've talked about like, you know, I've brought up Uta Hagen's four questions before we've talked about like, you know, should you do a project or not do a project, that kind of thing. But I, I don't think it's ever come from a place of like, imagine yourself choosing between that project and another one. You know what I mean? Or, or, or maybe you are choosing between two projects. So then it becomes like, not necessarily, um, about, you know, whether you should do this one project or not, but how it best serves your career, you know, Mm -hmm. um, like, like would saying yes to this or would saying no to this actually do more for my career than saying yes to it. And what I was telling Trevor before too, is that the next thing that you, you do after that is you say, okay, if I'm not going to spend eight hours on set that day, what, what can I create that would generate the same, whatever it is. If you thought it was going to be networking opportunities, then how can you spend eight hours generating networking opportunities? If you thought it was going to be on set experience, how can you generate eight hours of on set experience? Right. You know, what else can you do to make that happen rather than taking something that you've just been there and done that? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and, yeah, being responsible in that. I guess. Yeah, and of course, there's other factors. You know, money's definitely a big factor. Relationships are a factor. If you're if you're doing a favor for a friend, or you owe somebody something, or you know, there's a lot of different kind of mitigating circumstances. But generally speaking, yeah, I mean, if you're not going to do something because of the reasons that you know AJ just said, just find a way to kind of replicate what you might have gotten from doing that. Yeah, in like an ideal world. Yeah, exactly. But create it yourself. Exactly. Yeah. Always. Maybe that's uh, maybe that's shooting a short, short film or going to a networking mixer. Mm-hmm. We hate that word networking, but go to a relationship building mixer. <laughs> 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 um, you know, maybe do a workshop. Maybe just maybe just take a day off and go to the beach. You know, feed, stock the pond or fill the well or whatever. However, Julia Cameron says it. Fill the well. Yeah. Yeah. I don't I think, know. No, actually, I think she does say stock the pond at, at one point. I think she uses both. Actually, yeah, I'm not yeah. sure. But we're talking about the artist way, by the way. Yeah, people are like, yeah. "What? What are they? <laughs> why are they talking about fish all of a sudden?" <laughs> thanks for writing in, David. Yeah, thanks for thanks for bringing that back to our attention. It's so cool to hear that that uh, worked out really well for you. Uh, I think we should just roll into our interview now. Let's do it with Anthony Mindel. We got it down. <laughs> uh, this is great stuff. Just just kind of more of the goodness that we heard in part one. So uh, enjoy this, guys, and we'll see you on the other side. How do you feel about the sort of other, I don't know what they would be called, like non-traditional acting classes or workshops, like for instance, going into casting director workshops or going into workshops where you might be in front of um, a producer or a writer or, or a director, as opposed to going into like an acting class where you're doing scene work and you're doing work on monologues and you're doing work with partners and, you, and, mm-hmm. and that kind of thing? Well, I think I have two answers. One is if you don't have a skill underneath you first it it's a waste of time and money you can't get in front of people if you don't know how to act you know what i mean and there are people who do that that have this this 
you know, they're deluded in thinking like, you know, if I wanted to be a brain surgeon, what, what, Mac, uh, Malcolm Gladwell talks about the 10,000 hours, 10, right? Hours. Yeah. yeah, it really... And outliers. Yeah, I can't just say that I'm a brain surgeon and cut your head open today because I'm saying that I am. I need the training to know how to do that. So acting takes a while. And so I think that's the first thing is like, I don't think people should get in front of casting directors uh, until their work is like underneath them in a way that they, okay, yeah, they've got some chops now. Um, that's my advice. And that doesn't, you know, they can start developing that muscle in six months. That's not a long time. You know what I mean? But I think the other thing is, is, you know, the other answer to that is if you, if you do know what you're doing and, and you don't have an agent or you don't have a manager. Yeah. I think there, you know, my studio offers them as well, but, but for me, they're all reputable companies that come in. I think you just have to be wary of anybody can say they're a producer. Anybody can say that they're a writer. I mean, that sometimes makes me really sad. Like, I'll, I'll see somebody will say, oh, they were a writer of, you know, I don't know, some famous TV show. And then the real truth is, is that person was maybe like the gopher for, you know what I mean? Like, maybe got that person coffee and they say they worked on, you know, I don't know the Dick Van Dyke show, but they really just got coffee for, you know, the stage hand, like, but they, they embellish it in a way that makes the actor feel like, Oh my God, that's a writer on, you know, Gilligan's Island. I'm going to, I can't think of any contemporary shows. Music <laughs> shows from the seventies. What's happening? If you say I'm my three dads, old, I'm not 90 years old. If you say my three dads next, this interview is over, <laughs> over. We're leaving. Well, you know why? I'm, the reason why is because purposefully I saw, there is a very well-known show right now where I saw somebody advertise advertising for um uh a workshop and they were like one of the creators of this show and i know that that person is not a creator of that show so it's been spun in a way in which the actor is being taken advantage of and that kind of that is really that's nasty you know what i mean I, I wish we had a watch. I mean, I guess we do have a watchdog group now because we have that Kervokian Ker- uh, bill, right? Yeah, but, sort but of. It was supposed to protect children, which in some ways it has, but in many ways it really has not. So it's a little frustrating. Like, listen, I think it's great to get seen. Just make sure who you're getting seen by are legitimate people and then do it. What, so what suggestions that that becomes my next question is what suggestions do you have for, for being your own watchdog? Well, I mean, I think if you, you know, if, if I'm going to go in for, well, I get, you know, I, I have a, a lot of casting directors are my friends. So if I'm going in, you know, for Brett Benner's office, I want, I should know what Brett casts, you know, he casts scrubs and he casts, um, um, oh my God, I'm having Courtney Cox's show. That was Cougar just Town. Cougar town. You know what I mean? Like, okay. And then he has a new pilot this year. And so you need to know what casting directors are doing. And if they're doing legit projects, that's great. If they say that they're a producer or a casting director or a writer or a director of something that you've never heard of, don't spend $70. I don't get that. That's, that's just a waste. They're actually taking money from you. Well, I feel like a lot of actors want to feel like they're, they're doing, doing something, something because we, I think, you know, we feel so like so much is out of our control. And so a lot of times we'll mistakenly uh, confuse spending money with being productive. Yeah. Oh, that's a good point. I think, you know, to be more productive would be to, to get together with some friends and read some really great plays and, and do a reading of a script that you like out loud and maybe try to put something on its feet and, you know, maybe workshop something or, you know, get active creatively. And, you know, that way you're not spending money needlessly and you're actually doing something creatively that's fulfilling. And actually if it turns into something, 
who knows how it can pay you back tenfold, you know? Like maybe that legitimate producer will come see it or maybe that really great casting director will come see you. But I also think that's the danger is I don't think we should do stuff as a means to an end. You know, we want to create, of course you want to get seen by people and of course you want to get jobs and of course you want to go out on auditions. But, but that's just one part of what being an actor is. It's really about creating. And I say, I, I spend, you know, great lengths talking about this in the book that, you know, the, the booking of the job is the icing on the cake, but the real cake is creating, is doing it, is being in process, is get, being given the opportunity to go forward and, and go after your dreams and be brave enough to be like, you know what, I'm an actor and I'm going to do this, even though my parents wanted me to be a doctor. And a lot of people aren't brave enough to actually do what they want and they, they end up being a doctor. And then 10 years down the road, they like resent their lives and the people in their lives because they're not really living who they want to be. So... I think we sometimes get caught up in the image of what we think success looks like. And again, I try to break that myth that if you're really going for what you want to be going for, that's a successful life. That really is at the end of the day, you know? If someone starts with you, in this case, going down this, this line of thinking, this path, if someone starts in your studio, <clears throat> is one of the first questions out of your mouth, why do you want to be an actor? Or well, why are you here? Or some, something along those lines. Do you get what I'm saying? Yes. Yes and no. If the person, if I can't really quite get who the person is, I will sometimes ask them that. But because I feel like the way that I'm working is very holistic, I have found people's lives have fundamentally changed in a, in like the shortest amount of time, not just as actors, but as people. And so I don't, it's not my job to tell you, you can't be an actor or you don't, because first of all, actually Ryan Gosling, he could teach my classes because he talks about how it's, there's no such thing as character. It's all you. And so he says, it's all me. Every role that I play, it's all me. Sometimes I turn up parts of myself and sometimes I turn down parts of myself to meet a role. But he says, because it's all you, everybody can learn to act. And he's right because it's all being filtered through who you are. But the amazing thing is, is I've had success stories where people have come to me because they start, they want to act, they think, but then through this process, because it's very healing and very cathartic and very empowering, they're brave enough to go step out into the world and do other things that were also equally exciting for them. But that, that acting was just the, like jettisoned them that toward that. So I think, um, you can never lose taking an acting class, especially a good acting class. That is actually more than about acting. It can't be about just acting. You know, a lot of people feel like the way that I teach is very therapeutic. And I was like, okay, now listen, you all need to go to therapy. I am not a therapist. You know what I mean? It is therapeutic and it's cathartic, but that's just the natural, that's the nature of what we do as, as storytellers. You know, you're really sharing with humanity, your own humanity. Of course, that's going to be healing. But I'm like, honey, you need to be in therapy. <laughs> <laughs> you, you said something in the, the class that I audited. You said um, not to delineate between work and oh. home and acting class and play. And that, and that you know, every creative impulse you have, is all, it's all tied to this kind of greater thing that's you. And so many of us want to box things. Compartmentalize. Compartmentalize, yeah. exactly. And, and uh, I, I took that home and I really thought about it for a bit. And I was like, because I, I do a lot of music, but I, I always feel like it's, it's in direct conflict with my acting stuff. And I want to give time to the acting thing. But after I heard you say that, I was like, you know what? It's all creativity. It's all going to kind of meld and bleed into each other and help the whole process. That's totally There's it. There's also the, uh, what is it, the, the 
I think it's a Mary Kay slogan. The way you do one thing is the way you do everything. Oh. I love that saying. You know, that. because, that's really you know, great. You know say what I'm it saying? Again? Say it again. The, the, the way, way you, you do, do one thing is the way that you do everything. Wow. So if you show up late to your class, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You show, you're showing yeah, up you're late, showing to late to your, your life. life. Yeah, no, you know, duh, that's... If you, if you, you know, like in your case, Trevor, if you think that your music and your acting are in conflict with one another, then you're probably. Uh, and I do this too, so that's why I'm recognizing it in you, you probably think that everything that happens in your life is in conflict with something else, mm-hmm. as opposed to thinking that it's, it's just your life and it can be synergistic. I mean, that's a lot of what I teach. The science behind it is, for me, it's as simple as saying yes and, because, again, I think we get so stuck on the way, I said this at the top of this interview, of like, we get stuck on the way we think it's supposed to look, and because certain paths will open up to us that will take us down, you know, different roads. We say, Oh no, I can't do that because acting is supposed to look like this. But what's amazing about just going on the ride, not only are they all synergistic, but other saying yes to things that open up in your life also inform other parts of your life. And so, yeah, it's like for me, how do we, how do we live more in the right hemisphere, which is really plugged into the creative matrix, which is infinite potential. And there's science behind it. It's a spirit behind it. There's a, you're a channel for it as opposed to the left brain, which is a very binary black and white way of looking at things. You don't have the scope to really see like the broad picture of things. And so I, like I, like right now, like this is so amazing and wonderful that I'm having this interview. If you would have asked me that like five years ago, all these things that have been happening for me have come out of just saying yes, like the studio. And like, you know, when I was acting at first, I had one, I had a tiny moment at first of thinking like, well, no, I don't want to be an acting teacher because what am I going to do about my acting? But then as I continued to do it, it informed everything. And so I think it's just being open. You just got to be open to what it's wanting to show you. And then you also begin to develop other passions for other things. And then you begin to realize, you know what? I don't really care about that as much anymore. And then either you're liberated from it really fully, or also you're liberated from it in a way that you start to go in for things and you start to get jobs and you don't care. And then you book them, which is right. But which is what's something that I teach, which is we're always like, what are the jobs that you book? The jobs that you book are the jobs that you are not attached to, right? So you go into Friday the 13th, part 77, and you're like, this is stupid i don't want it and then your agent calls and says says you got it and you're like oh god well why did you get it because in the room you were not attached to the results you didn't care how you were being perceived you were not tied up to product you just allowed yourself to just you were in a big what i call fuck it that's what i think life is about in a healthy you know not uh, derogatory way i mean you just have to be in a space of like what's the worst that can happen you know and i think that takes a, a bit of an uplift of like fuck it let me just try it. Yeah, because the, the worst case scenario is, is never ne- as bad as you think it's going to be. Never. It's always something you can handle. Well, yeah. in the case of the audition, it comes back to what you said earlier, Trevor. The worst case scenario is you're right back to where you were 15 minutes ago yeah. before you walked in the room. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm going to steal yeah. that, you guys, because that is really great. Yeah, that is no, a really, that's really true. Steal away. <laughs> <laughs> I will give credit where credit is due. Um, but yeah, so I think these things are all synergistic, and I think there is a, a, a deeper intelligence at play that we don't really tap into. You know, I think the other thing is, is scientifically, we are infinite. I mean, we, it's been proven that we share the same stuff that has created the stars and the cosmos. So for me to, uh, you know, try to... Uh, inhibit or limit that which is limitless, I'm not really working optimally. And so, I, you know, that's my great passion is how do I help 
people first, actor second, but people plug into your infinitude because that's what we are, you know? And I don't mean that in a cheesy way. We are scientifically, you are stars. You are, you know, you have the universal principles that are governing the universe. They are residing within you. So we just got to get out of our own way and kind of let that work through us. And that's like a, it's a really exciting life. You know, I love that. Definitely. And, and yeah. you, you really touched on that in your book uh, more in depth, which was, which was so refreshing to read in a book, uh, a, you know, quote unquote about acting. And I, and I mean that because like your book is not like, you know, stand What's like your this scene and, study. Yeah. yeah it, no. or, like, you know, what is this scene about? Yeah. yeah. It was, it was very just like live your life. Yeah. Because acting is autobiography. Yeah. You well, know? Tilda Swinton says that she says it's all autobiography and it's all you. So, uh, you know, I think it's exciting because a lot of the conversations that we're having and actors are having are conversations like this, you know, and I think culturally we're having them and people are having a, de- a greater desire to know a part of themselves that, at one level, you know, exists, but you don't, you know, know how to articulate it or people aren't showing you how to get in touch with it, you know, and that can be, you know, in, in the book, I talk a lot about, there's many different ways of doing that, you know, from meditation to just going for a walk, anything that like gets you out of the left brain and moves, just taking a breath. Like how many times do we actually just breathe from our core but that just that simple process drops you into your body and out of like, Oh my God, my, Oh my God. What if I, well, I can't do that. And, right. Which is where we spend an inordinate amount of time. Yeah. You know, the things that you were worrying about a year ago, you can't even remember. You know what I mean? Like, what were those things? What's today? June 13th. Yeah. What were you, what were you worried about? June 13th, 2011, Trevor? I was worried about my car. Co- no. <laughs> <laughs> See, did yeah. it come to pass? Like you, so it's like, how do we just get here now a little bit more? That's what I'm excited about. I love that. I love that. I, I, I almost wonder if that's just California or if that's oh, no, no, no. the world, no. the country at large. Humans. Well, I think, first of all, it's, it's our DNA. Like it is, we are, our essence is being. Oh no, I'm sorry. I mean, I should, I should say that movement, the movement. Yeah, exactly. The zeitgeist as it were. No, you know, like, uh, David Lynch, uh, is a, you know, a big advocate of, uh, uh, TM transcendental meditation. I've never done TM. That's not the kind of meditation I do, but like, did you know, like in, uh, Iowa, there's a whole city in Iowa that basically they have a, uh, a community center. They have a school where they, they, all the kids do TM in the morning for 20 minutes before class starts. I think like the whole city is like, it's like the TM capital of the U S like, I mean, I think it's really amazing how spiritually inclined, not just our country, but people really are. I mean, I think we get blurred by that because of the, sort of the, the religious, religious, religiosity. What is that word that, uh, sure. what, what is it? Religious, religiosity. Religiosity. What is the word that the, that not Conan O'Brien, but the other guy, Bill Maher. Yeah. Bill Maher yeah. You know, cause yeah. we're living in a very religionist, you know, society right now, it seems very polarizing and it's very right or left, but I think somewhere in the middle, there are people who are yearning for, and also speaking something that's non-dogmatic and is universal, but I find that to be everywhere. Well, it's, I mean, I, I think the difference between, oh man, we're getting deep now. We think, are, right? <laughs> yeah, I, think, awesome. I was going to say, I think the but, difference between spirituality and religion is politics. Yes. No, totally. You know, so, and that I, and wow, I think that's that what just blew my mind. <laughs> that just blew my mind. No, I, I think that, I think that that's why people shy away from religion. Uh, I mean, the people who do sort of disrespect it, 
do so because of the politics involved. They want spirituality, but they right. don't want it at the cost of, of politics. You know, you can say, well, po- politics are necessary in order to create a society and blah, 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 but so is spirituality, you know? Well, I think, like, for me, the, the kind of the sort of spirituality that I help people uh, understand, and it's all individual, is that it's all inside. So you just have to find what is your way of going inside. For some people, that's going to church. It's for some people that's singing for some people that's like going skiing every day or surfing every day for some people that's a meditation practice for some people it's, you know, going for a jog in the mountains, whatever it is where you are in silence is your practice. And that's, that's spirit. That's quieting down the left brain so that you can access the, the real creative part of who we are. And then also it's interesting because there's this uh, New York Times bestselling book now. I shouldn't be plugging that, but <laughs> because my book talks about these things as well, <laughs> but I don't have, you know, random house I think, behind I think me. you're sitting first bitter. too, right? No, yeah, I, yeah. You know, it's weird though, because I was coming back. I just His come, face just turned into like a six year old. He was like, I did this too. All right. I give it a plug. It's called Imagine, but it's interesting because he's a scientist and he's talking about the genesis of creativity, but how we get out of our left brain and live more in this hemisphere, your right hemisphere. And he uses different language for it, but it's the same thing. And, and he uses a lot of science to support what I've been saying, but I I don't necessarily always use science, but I think that's our, our, our challenge and our goal. You know, a lot of it too is like when you notice how many things you don't do because of the things that you're telling yourself in your head, but just because you tell yourself those things in your head doesn't mean they're real. Do you know what I mean? They're just things that you tell yourself repetitively so you believe them as real, but those are the things that are keeping you from really being out in the world. So that's a lot of what I help demystify. And when you break through, you begin to live a more, even if it doesn't always work out, because it's still not going to work out. You know, you could do something and, you know, get dumped by your agent, or you could make a, a, a short and nobody ever sees it. And, but it's still the act of doing it that always leads you to other things. It's really the, the, the will of creating always ushers in other opportunities and ideas and hunches and, and uh, help and assistance to create more. But that requires you to do it. You can't just sit around and talk about it. I'm so excited to ask these two questions. Okay. Yeah, uh, um, we have, yes, I am blonde. We have <laughs> and cute. Um, we have uh, we have two questions that we always ask all of our guests. Okay, um, it's sort of like the uh, oh, no. you know inside the actor studio um, you know questionnaire. No at the pressure. End. Okay, um, and uh, no, they're 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 a lot of fun. I think, and I and I'm actually because I know what the questions are. I'm actually really excited to ask you in particular based on what we've been talking about. So the first one is based on your um, experiences and how you came into uh, the business, the industry, uh, how you got to, uh, you know, be not only an actor, but a writer, producer, director. Do you feel like this industry or this um, uh, career chose you or you chose it? Wow. That's a good question. Um, I'm speechless and that never happens. <laughs> you know what? I, I do think that our paths in life, mm, I don't want to get too deep and metaphysical because we'd be talking about it forever, but I do think it kind of chooses you. I really do think that. I think, 
I think what's amazing is like, I feel like people's lives are sort of like tributaries. Like there's a center core and then there's all these little like, um, offshoots of many different tributaries or rivers or streams of which you can take all of which lead to different versions of the most fulfilled you. But I think the thing is, is you just, you got to get, you got to get on that path. You got to get in it and do it. And you got to like embrace it fully. To me, it's about, you know, I felt very, um, when I started doing this, I felt like connected in a way that felt very easy. And so for me, that's part of it is like where there is not a lot of resistance often feels like it's the, the, the thing for you or is the easiest, you know, we all have gifts and we all have ways to best be in service in the world and, and communicate those gifts. So I think it's sometimes sort of surrendering the ego of how we most think it's supposed to look again. It's all these giving up the control of how we think it's going to look and being used as something, a channel for something else. And that doesn't mean that you don't do other things that you're also interested in. So I think that that, that is the case for me. I think it, it chose me. Or I could say it this way too. My earlier, I, this is interesting. When I first started wanting to do it, the reasons for my wanting to do it were very ego centered and selfish. Like I think a lot of young actors, yeah, I wanted to be a star or like, you know what I mean? It was all coming from self-esteem, low self-esteem and insecurity and wanting the attention. And, you know, not when I was a kid, but as I got older and then when I started to do it, something much more deep moved, opened me up. And then I realized, well, that uh, other stuff, who cares? That just gives you convenience, gives you access sometimes and autonomy to do other things. But again, the real reason for any of us to do anything is creating. It's creation. That's it. Which is what we are, creative beings. Was that the best answer that ever? May, it may <laughs> have been. It may have been. Uh, not to disrespect our, our no, other oh listeners. Oh, they're going to cut me. <laughs> uh, the second question we have is um, a little bit more straightforward, but... Um, if you've, you've experienced a lot in your life and you've, you know, through your teachings and through your experiences and through the things you've created, if you had to take all of that and kind of condense it down into maybe one nugget of, of advice you could give to an actor, maybe you had, you know, two minutes to tell an actor something before you could never speak to them again. Well, what would that advice be for the, uh, for the person? What's the one thing you would, you would impart? You know what? It's just simple. Don't be afraid. I think that's the thing is like, we are so afraid. I was even thinking this today, like the things that, and look, I've, you know, everybody thinks that I'm, you know, really great at teaching it. And I'm not saying I'm, I think I'm a really great teacher, but because partly because these are things that I myself need to master and learn and keep relearning. So that's why I'm, I think I'm, you know, I'm good at doing it, but that doesn't mean I have them solved. And so today I was even thinking like, well, why are you reacting that that's a reaction out of fear. And, and catching yourself when you're reacting out of fear, which can be very subtle. You know, it can be like when I'm complaining, I can only speak for myself when I'm complaining or when I'm whining or when I'm getting short tempered or when I'm being negative or when I'm saying that's not going to work or when I feel like I already have the answer to something when it hasn't even fully played out like really subtle and yet very corrosive ways of, of not really living my potential because I'm letting the fearful part of my ego step in before I've really experienced love. And that's when, again, I think creativity is about, you know, love. I could totally start crying right now. I cry a lot. <laughs> I won't do it to you guys. You guys look shocked, but like, you know, so I think that's the thing is actors 
I mean, you guys said it, what's the worst that can happen? And I think if you, if you're so tied up in fear, then you're not giving yourself the permission to just try and it's just playing, just try. So what's the worst that can happen? You go in and you try something and the casting director is like, sorry, you're going to live. You're going to live another day. You know what I mean? Well, what's the worst that can happen? You go into an agency meeting and they're like, you need to lose 10 pounds and we don't like the way you look. Okay. So what? That's one person's opinion. So what? You know, what's, I think it's about breaking through the fear barrier that's keeping you from being fully you. Well, I, I can't think of a better note to end on yeah, than that. Okay. That's brilliant. All right. Uh, if people want to find out more about you um, or get in touch with you, where can they go? Yes. Uh, they can go to www.anthonymindle.com. Um, they can also tweet me or find me on Twitter. I'm fairly new at tweeting, but I'm getting there. Uh, I think my handle is at Anthony Mindel, M-E-I-N-D-L. And uh, you can find the book on Amazon. You can go to www.leftbrainturnright.com. Get it at San French, Barnes & Noble. Um, so those are... And Facebook too, but Facebook is kind of hard to find me now. Cool, cool. And we'll make sure we include all those links on our website. Okay, awesome. And um, Anthony, this has been amazing. You guys are great. So much fun. I didn't yeah. know what to expect. <laughs> really, really awesome. Cool. Well, thank yeah. you for taking the time to sit down with us. Thanks for having me. Cool. Really great. Yo, party people. Welcome back. Um, man, that interview was a lot of noodle baking going on. Uh, hope you enjoyed part two as much as you enjoyed part one. Uh, I know we did. We, uh, we really love talking to, to Anthony and, um, uh, we've gotten, um, several posts on Facebook, emails, things like that saying, you know, even before the, the interview came out, oh, I love Anthony. I'm so excited. You guys are, spe- you know, talking to him. So the, uh, the response has been really, mm-hmm. really great. And, uh, you know, we hope you dug it. If you have, um, any questions for us or him or whatever, you know, um, uh, shoot them our way. I have um, to say too, that, that when I first started hearing his name around town, I immediately kind of got turned off not knowing anything about him just because there's a lot of like acting guru teachers out there that have a whole team of other teachers you have to go through before you get to that person and there's usually this kind of sense of uh entitlement that that teacher kind of has hovering around them and and uh all sorts of exclusivity stuff and so when i started hearing about anthony mindell's workshop and i was like okay another one of those guys and i could not have been more wrong i could not have been more wrong it just goes to show that you just got to do the research and and check it out because um, he's the real deal. Yeah, he really is. Um, yeah. Such a such a pleasure and honor yeah. to sit down with him. Well, I mean, you know, I guess t- take your own advice because I've seen you respond to listener emails where they're like, "What classes should I take? Or what this? What that? Mm-hmm. How should I, you know, proceed?" And you know, you usually say, "Well, you know, any acting teacher who's worth their weight in salt will allow you to audit their class." Mm-hmm. You know, and tell them about how it resonates with you too. You yeah, know? Well, yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's true. I've that's been having a, a great time uh, studying with TJ Ramini uh, yeah, at New British, British School. School. TJ mm-hmm. and Amel from uh, gosh, it was it had to be like episode fifty something maybe mm-hmm. uh, a while ago. But those guys are great, man. And uh, I've been learning a lot just by getting up and working out every week. Um, really good stuff. So um, if you check out um, check out both of them, check out Anthony and check out uh, New British School. I mean, yeah, find on. out what resonates with exactly. you, but. 
there, uh, there's a lot of great acting coaches out there. Um, it's just a matter of who, who you vibe with. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can tell you from experience that I, I love new British school and, uh, Anthony Mindell seems like a great place as well. Yeah. Pick of the week, sir. Oh, me. Well, I, I actually, if you listen to episode 72, you already know what my pick of the week is. Um, it's a uh, seven spiritual laws of success by, uh, senior, senior, senior Deepak Chopra. Senor Deepak Chopra. <laughs> I love calling him Senor. That just sounds ridiculous. Um, <clears throat> Stay uh, thirsty, my friend. He's <laughs> for my knowledge. Uh, oh my god! I have a joke to tell you after we're done recording. I can't say it on the podcast. Um, yeah, it's called the Seven Spiritual Laws of Success by Deepak Chopra, and it is it is so in alignment with everything that I've been learning lately that I feel it is. I feel like it is a concentrated version of it um in other words if if it were possible to read this book and instantly the moment you were done reading it start living it it would completely transform your life the difference between this and going to the difference between this and going to like a training or something like that is that training is all experiential meaning it's much easier to get it into your body you to know, absorb because, it yeah yeah cuz you're you're living it you're living it on the spot you're you're living it in your body you're living it in your muscle memory you know it's sort of like you know we always say like training yourself your 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 muscle memory um you know it's just like anything else in your life you're creating a new habit so it's easier to create a new habit if you actually experience something engage all your senses really yeah, yeah exactly so if you could put this book into practice it would be similar to that but the training for me was about it being experiential so but this book is just it it, it, I, it is like a nugget of everything that i've been learning and going through lately and like I said, I feel like if you could read this book and like the next day put it into practice, you would create unbelievable results in your life. Hmm. And it's amazing too because it's all about <clears throat> being of service and giving of yourself and 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 practicing non judgment and uh, knowing that you are enough. And I would recommend it to to, to every actor I meet um, because it really is just about living your authentic self. And believing mm. in your biggest possibilities. It sounds like just essential reading for life. Yeah. I mean, it's not that long either. It's like 40 pages long. Really? That's yeah, it? That's it. Wow. That's it. Each chapter is about three or four pages. <clears throat> and I don't want anyone to cheat, but at the end of every chapter, there's like a like a summary of action steps, which is also cool because then it's like, you know, you can read all this, you know, sort of... Um, I don't know what, what it's ph- philosophy behind the philosophy, you know, in the chapters. And then you get to the end and you're like, oh, this is what I do. This is what I actually put into practice. This is how, this you, is, this is how you apply it in your life. Physicalize it, right? Yeah, exactly. So it's amazing because you're going through this chapter and you're like, okay, I think I get this. This is amazing. This is good stuff. All right. I don't know how to apply this. <laughs> and <laughs> right. he doesn't like, he doesn't like leave you hanging. You know, he gives That's you cool. like three action steps at the end of every chapter. It's like, here's how you apply this this law of success, this spiritual law of success into your life. That's um, great. It's, it, it's amazing. 40 pages. That's amazing. I have a couple of his books actually on my shelf over here. I have a uh, book of secrets <clears throat> and I mm. have how to know God. And they're both, uh, they're both noodle bakers, dude. I mean, um, book of secrets starts out with some really kind of 
uh, paradigm shifting stuff about just your, your relationship to the universe. So totally worth checking out. I'll have to have to, to get into that. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, my pick of the week is on the other side of the spectrum. Uh, I went to go see Prometheus in, <laughs> in 3d, in 3d. <laughs> yes. Uh, not once, but twice. <laughs> That's amazing. And, uh, I, you know, I'm, I'm a little bit of a sci-fi geek. I love that stuff. And uh, it's a movie. It's not really a film, so to speak. It's a movie. You know, it's, it's definitely, you want some popcorn. But that you said, it, it does deal with some really kind of interesting concepts. And uh, I thought it was just so well executed. Everything about it is pretty top-notch. As far as that genre goes, I, I don't think there are there's really a better sci-fi movie that I've seen in the past. I don't know, I'd say five ten years. And uh, Michael Fassbender is just unbelievable in this movie. He plays uh, David. He plays a robot, and he's so nuanced and so subtle and so there. And you just like, for me at least, every time he came on screen, I was just like flunk, like right to him. Like I didn't even hear the other characters because I was so fascinated by what he was doing. And there's a YouTube video that you can find. That's kind of like a viral video that the studio put out to kind of support the movie. I've seen it. And it's, it's basically a commercial for his model of Android. Right. So it's like him being kind of asked about what he can do for your business or your home as a robot. And, um, my God, it, he's just, he, he's like somebody to watch, man. I have no doubt in my mind that he'll be up for an Oscar someday soon for something he does. Didn't he, I feel like he either was nominated for or won either an Emmy or a Golden Globe for some television thing he did. Uh, he may have. <clears throat> he may have. Uh, but man, I just, I mean, great movie and he especially is, is fantastic. And I really hope there's a sequel to this. I know this is supposed to be a prequel to Alien, but maybe not. There's like a lot of confusion out there about what, what the status of that is. But um, if they do another one, uh, I'll see it just because he's in it. <laughs> so anyway, worth checking out. Prometheus, uh, I saw it in 3D first only because they didn't have the 2D version. I'm usually like 3D, whatever, you know, jerk me off, whatever. But uh, this was a cool movie to see in 3D. Did you just say 3D, whatever, jerk me off? Yeah. Yeah, I did. All right, just checking. <laughs> well, I feel like a lot of times <clears throat> they're like, you know, like, you know, come see, I don't know. I'm trying to think of a bad movie. I can't think of one now, but come see bad movie in 3d. Like that's supposed Star to like Wars episode one. Yeah. Like the re-releasing Star Wars episode one in 3d. Like, is that really going to change my experience of the movie? So that's kind of how I feel about 3d. But, uh, I saw this yeah. in 3d and was pretty floored, man. It was definitely a good one to see in 3d. I can I say 3d that, again. If I, if you want me to, I've I think said it you 200 I, times now. I think you and I participate in the, in the original 3D, uh, which is live theater. <laughs> live theater, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Sweet. So uh, there it is. Prometheus 3D and the seven spiritual laws of success. <laughs> That's going to look... Those two <laughs> links are going to look so funny next to each other on our website. Yeah, they will. <clears throat> Ridiculous. Uh, anything else? Or should we wrap Not this bad me, boy up? from me, senor. All right. For episode 73, then. Thanks for listening. A lot of different ways that you can get in touch with us and support the podcast. First and foremost, you can go to our website at InsideActingPodcast.com, where you can find all our episodes, links to our Facebook and Twitter accounts. You can email us, of course, at InsideActingPodcast at gmail.com. You can leave a comment on the site. You can call our 
voicemail. I'm just hogging them all. Sorry. Hog our vo- okay, call our voicemail okay. at 2132 actors or 222-8677. Oh, you memorized it. I did. Um, gosh, what else can you do? You can hop onto iTunes <clears throat> and leave us a review there if mm-hmm. you like what we're doing. Uh, we always ask that, of course, if you don't like what we're doing, you can contact us first. Allow us to fix it. And then leave us a review. <laughs> um, and, uh, of course, you can do the same on ActorRated.com. Fantastic site to review acting services and classes and things like that. Uh, and then, last but not least, you can donate to the podcast. Uh, everything that we do comes out of our own schedules and our own pockets. And it definitely helps to have a little bit of support for our listeners. You can make uh, your tax-deductible donation to us uh, by going to our website, InsideActingPodcast.com and looking for the PayPal links on the right-hand side of the page. You can donate in a one-time lump sum, any amount, from one penny to a million dollars or more. Uh, or you can uh, donate to us on a recurring monthly basis. Uh, 3 5 10 and $20 a month, if you'd like. And in exchange for that, we will give you uh, lots of love and uh, a spot on our patron page, where you have your photo and uh, a little blurb about who you are and links to your stuff. Nice, man. Sorry, I didn't mean to take off. No, it's cool. <laughs> I sat back. I was relaxing, man. I was <laughs> sipping my tea here, putting my feet up. Yeah. I went to a beach while you were doing that, man. <laughs> I went to the beach. I got was... to the beach and got burned. That's how long it took me. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I went to the beach and got sunburned inside. It's amazing. <laughs> so, uh, gosh, that does it then. Uh, thank you guys for listening and for supporting us. We love it um, and are excited to bring you the next few months of episodes. For episode 73, my name is Trevor Elgon. I'm AJ Meyer. We'll see you next week. And in the meantime, be open to the feedback.